I did not remember how weird this movie is. Mm-hmm. Age of Ultron, Avengers Age of Ultron might be. Um, and here's and this is something I was just thinking. How I don't know how much I like the first two Avengers movies. The second two are great, but Age of Ultron has some problems. <laughs> um, but also, it's, it has some good it has some good parts. Um, mm-hmm. It has some it, it has some good parts to it as well. But uh, overall, um, Joss Whedon is this kind of a weird movie. Yeah, you're right. What, what did you before we get into it? What what was the weirdest parts that you thought was like? What is the? Like, I can't believe they even made this. I can't really put my finger on it. It's just kind of everything's weird. Mm-hmm. Everything's weird. Like the maybe even the editing is weird. Yeah, some of the scenes are weird. I think any time that you have um, any kind of CGI things, like um, the the. I used to be I, uh, the CW had like the, the CW DC shows. Did you did you watch any of those? Uh, the the Arrow, yeah, or yeah, just yeah, Arrow and Flash. Mm-hmm. I watched those too. Yeah, so to so the Arrow at the, at the end of the Arrow season, they had the Crisis on Infinite Earths, of course, and um the vil- the, the 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 monsters they had to fight were just these CGI looking like weird things that was flying through the air, and it's always weird. Like they had no budget, so it looked weird when they were fighting them. But right. even but even in Age of Ultron, when they were fighting these robots, it just doesn't it doesn't feel right. Like it, like I, I, it just feels like that. At some point, the technology the technology is getting good, and, see, and the special effects look amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but at some point, it just looks like people fighting nothing. You know, like, and, and to have them fight nothing for an extended period of time just kind of feels odd. Um, and one thing too, like when um, the Maximoff um, twins met Ultron for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um there was no like what are we doing? Like what is this thing? You know, like there was no <laughs> real fear. They were they were they weren't like ah you know like it's a massive robot talking guess, to you. I guess they knew what to expect though because that was Strucker's plan all along was to put that mind gem inside of a robot. Where'd you get that from? Isn't that what they said in the movie that he was uh, planning to do? I think that's what he, they, Tony they Stark said, said that he was. He was they said do. that they were working on robotics because those because the Ultron robotics came from Strucker's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are definitely yeah. working on robot. Okay, that's you. Okay, you answered the question there. That's true. Um, but still, I'd be like, oh, I'm not dealing with this thing. You know, right? There was um, a weird scene. I, I just don't even know. Really, I mean, I kind of know why they put it in, but there's a scene where all of Tony Stark's. Um, suits are coming back to the the building and it's just mm-hmm. a long shot on his suits coming back to the building that I yeah they were, like I didn't they I didn't were, need they were um yeah automaton robots yeah they were flying towards the building it was like it's like showing them fly yeah um and I then and then what, go into the building and it's like a really intimate camera shot of them going into the building well, I don't I, I don't think, know why I needed that what they wanted to establish, I think, is one of the robots got damaged by a human. Yeah, that's that's the. And, I think that's the entire reason for the shot, but it didn't need to be as long as it as no, it was. And, no, and and plus, like the robot that was damaged didn't have artificial intelligence, so the robot didn't have any emotional reaction to that. So I don't really know why. Yeah, it's just yeah, the robot got damaged with kind of a creepy looking smiley face on it on the yeah. the head of it, yeah, which well, Ultron that's a, that's later a, uses. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on in this movie. If you if you look at the show notes, it's pretty dense. So let's go ahead and get started and see what we get into. What you got for me? Uh, just can you tell us about Strucker? 
Not much. Uh, he's a Hydra villain from the comics. Definitely from the comics. I'm kind of surprised that the movie didn't dig deeper into him. We don't really see him after this. But um, he's he's dense enough and major enough to be a huge um, comic villain for the movies. This didn't do it. He's back. He came up in 1964. Uh, mm. So he's been around a very long time. And um, he's a, yeah, he's just a Hydra villain. There's nothing really special about him besides like this little barnacle he wears on his eye. Um, but, um, it's, it's, it's odd to me that they would give him so much time in the comics. Like he's been around for a very long time and they don't make him a major villain in the movies. He's kind of like, okay. And then they kill him off, which is like insane to me. It's, that's completely insane. Like, I don't know why they made an error decision just to kill his character off. Um, mm-hmm. they, and they didn't have to, they could have gotten another actor to play him at some point or just not introduce him at all. So uh, there's not much to say as far as like who Strucker is, as far as his connections to the comics and the movies, um, because you never see him again. Um, but um, in the comics, he's pretty he's he's been around for a while. Okay, what about Sokovia? You know what? I just did not spend time looking at that, and I should have. Because <laughs> I, I was making show notes, and I was trying to cover everything. Yeah, you got You got to cover all these strange places that come up, like uh, Madripoor and Sokovia. I'm going, you know what? I, is it in the comics? I'm going to check real quick. I don't think so. I, but. I did check. It, it, oh, well, it is? Know. Actually, I don't know. It could just be in the MCU. It, no, know. it is. It's in the MCU. It's in It's in there. It's 616. It's, but, but no, but listen, it came up in 2014. And this movie came out oh, in 2015. Okay. So you know our rule. Anything past 2000, eh, right. it's kind of tricky. So they put that in the comics while this movie was in production. It sounds like it, yeah. Yeah, um, okay. So... Yeah, Sokovia, eh, it's like nothing to do with the comics at all. While we're on that, let's touch real quick, just a quick question. We don't really need to go into the characters right now, but sure. are um, uh, Wanda and Pietro no. from oh. from there in the comics? Oh, God. Okay. All right. Ugh. All right. So this is going to take up a significant amount of time of our pocket. I'll try and make it short. Uh, Wanda and Pietro... Uh, were not from Sokovia in the comics. I think they were from Romania, if I'm not mistaken. I can actually click on this and check real quick. Um, but they're definitely not from Sokovia. They are they are Roman Jews, so I think they're called gypsies. I think that's the bad term we use. I think you call them now. I think the term is... Um, what's the term we call? It's Rome... Yeah, there's some word that Europeans yeah. use. I can't remember what it is. Yeah, but I don't want to call them gypsies. So they're from Romania. Um, and where they're actually from is we don't really know as far as, as far as like a country of origin. We don't really know. The mm. biggest thing that we need to establish here, though, is the problem with with Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch and Marvel. So backtrack a little bit. At some point, um, Marvel sold all the X-Men rights to uh, who bought them? Sony? No. It wasn't Sony. Who bought X-Men? Fox? Was it Fox? I think it was Fox. And so when they do that, it's not like just a couple X-Men characters. They sell everything. So everybody who was an X-Men, the idea of mutants, everything was sold. And so you now have Marvel Comics, like the comic situation. You have the comics. And then you have the X-Men stuff happening at a different studio. And then you have Marvel trying to do their own thing, right? So when when Marvel uh, Age of Ultron came out, uh, Fox still owned all of X-Men, including Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch. And so Marvel had to figure out a way because they could share those properties, but X-Men had a right to have stories with them as much as 
Marvel because in the comics, way back in the day, it was established that Magneto was the was the father of Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. And so okay. beca- because they were Magneto's children, they were technically part of the X-Men like um canon. And um that didn't make Marvel had a had a problem because Marvel wanted to have them in the X-Men in the Avengers movies, right? Because they mm-hmm. also were Avengers. They've been Avengers for a very, very long time, since the 60s. I think they showed up. And they should have been X Men number four in 1964, but they were in Avengers in the 60s as well. So they've been around a very, very long time. Hmm. So, so what Marvel had to figure out is how can we have these characters in our Avengers movies without having to deal with Magneto? And so, in the comics, at some point, well, it actually happened in the movies first. It, when Age of Ultron came out, there was no mention of Magneto, and they established that Hydra and Strucker gave them their powers, right? So they're not mutants. And so the question is, does the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as of the the making of Age of Ultron, have mutants? And the answer is we don't know. But we do know that Magneto's not their father. But it could be. We don't, we don't know for sure, right? But we do know they're not mutants because they got yeah, their powers. Yeah, they're not called mutants in here. They're enhanced. Enhanced. So they got their powers from the Manjim, okay? That's been established. By Strucker. The, by Strucker. But the problem is that when Marvel bought back all the X-Men properties now, they have all those properties now. All of right. them now. Yeah. And if you watched WandaVision, there was a reference, Agatha told Wanda that her powers were enhanced by Strucker, but they weren't given to her by Strucker. And she made that very clear. You had powers before your experiments. Hmm. Uh, and so it was a look cause like, like Wanda, Wanda was able to stop that bomb that was in the house from exploding with her powers, but she didn't know it. And that's what Agatha established. Uh, and, and if you watched WandaVision, Quicksilver shows up, right? Um, yeah, but and it's the, a different it's actor. The, it's the Quicksilver from the X-Men movies. And in the X-Men movies, he is a mutant. So this was a real problem if you watched WandaVision. WandaVision established that, hey, we're going to bring in Petro, but he's going to be the Petro from the X-Men movies, and he's going to be the mutant version. And that, and everybody thought, oh my gosh, WandaVision is going to establish that there are mutants, and that Pedro is going to stay here, and he's going to be mutant, and we're going to get X-Men. Nope. In WandaVision, they completely destroyed that. That guy was just an actor, which was really, really bad. That was a really bad thing for One Division to do because they played with people's expectations. They mm-hmm. knew that we were going to be hyped up when we saw him, but um, they destroyed it at the end of it, which is terrible. We can talk about that more uh, at some point later. The whole thing is the the comic connections to Wanda and Quicksilver has been retconned to death. And there's no real way to establish who or what they are anymore. The comics have already destroyed the connection with the Magneto. The comics have said that, hey, Magneto's not really their father. And I find that really problematic because because Magneto's connection to Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch and the fact that they're mutants is a big deal. I mean, House of M, which is a massive, massive, massive comic story, is about Scarlet Witch uh, deleting, like, Almost every mutant power on the planet, she just says there are no more mutants in this entire world. And why would she do that if she's not a mutant, right? And so hmm. it's like, it's so problematic for Marvel, and it's just so bad, and it's so messed up. And so if you're a fan watching these movies, I wrote about this 
in my Medium post, if anybody has read it, um, if, <laughs> and the link's in the show notes. Uh, I wrote about this. I, I, the, the movies and the comics are diverging in such a way that if you only watch the movies, you're not getting all of it anymore. And mm-hmm. if you watch the comics, you're not getting satisfied anymore. And so I don't know what they're, I don't know how to fix it. Cause like this, this, this wonder Quicksilver stuff is a mess. Go ahead. It seems weird that they would rewrite basically the history of these characters in the comics just because they didn't have the movie rights. I mean, they're already establishing that they're doing the movies separately from the comics. So why feel the need to go and rewrite like a major piece of the comics just to fit your movies? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me either, Mike. And I think it's it's definitely it's definitely from an editorial managerial place. Like some big wig is saying, yeah. "Hey, do this now." And like a writer has to be like, "Well, my editor told me I need a job. I want I've wanted to write comics my entire life, and they just told me to destroy." <laughs> Um, this character, like this happened, this happens all the time. Spider-Man has a story in Spider-Man called um, "One Last Day," where Spider-Man and Mary Jane Watson were married for a very long time. She got they got married in the seventies, and so they were married in the comics for a long, long time. And I read the comics when Peter Peter Parker and Mary Jane were married, and so through my entire teens and twenties, I knew only a married couple. And then at some point, Marvel wanted to break that up maybe because of the movies maybe because they thought they'd write better stories if they if, Mar- if peter parker was single um but they create a convoluted storyline where peter parker has to make a deal with the devil and it's like he because um aunt may dies and he wants her back so the devil brings back aunt may but it destroys his entire love with of with uh mary jane and his, his entire marriage never happened and it's like I was reading that comic, and I was like, "They just told me that my entire, my entire childhood just did not happen." And I know that's really dramatic, but if you've read comics for that long and all these comic stories, and then they say this didn't happen, like I'm like, "Well," I, and I stopped reading Spider Man. It was a big deal because I loved Spider Man. I was like, "I'm not reading this anymore." Um, so that'd be like uh, Bill Watterson going back and saying Hobbs was actually a tiger the whole time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, or or even worse, um, saying that um, saying that um, Calvin had, was mentally disturbed for thinking that Hobbs was alive, something like that. You know, this yeah, taking this pulling this like ta- a, a, a Harry Potter. What, what's Harry Potter lady's name? I I don't know anything about Harry Potter. Okay, all right. <laughs> I, I the author the has actually done stuff like that, like what you described. So, Ugh, it's just, and I understand what's going. On. It's fine. It's fine if they want to do it. They have the right. But when they do that, I really do feel like they just destroy, destroy people's like imagination of what these characters are going on. Anyway, mm-hmm. the right. so the the Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch that you're getting in this movie, and by the way, they don't they, they never call him Quicksilver or the Scarlet Witch. So the Pedro. And uh, Wanda, you get in this movie, are not exactly what you get from the comics. Just legend. Okay. Um, I guess while we're already on them, um, when I first watched this movie and Pietro dies, it, it means nothing to me. But on this rewatch, now that I know a little bit more about Pietro, I was like, oh, man, that, why'd they have to do that? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but also, that's another part of the weird part of the movie where. Um, and actually, my son was really upset because he apparently likes Pietro a lot from video games or something like that, or cartoons. Had you never seen it before? Was that the first time you watched the movie? 
Um, he's I'm sure he's watched it before, but I don't know. Anyway, th- another weird part of this movie was the strange foreshadowing that uh, I guess Joss Whedon put in here about killing off Pietro. What's um, the foreshadowing? So, um, Steve Rogers, as they're getting ready to battle, he says, if they hurt you, hurt them back. If yeah. uh, they kill you, walk it off. Yeah. And then immediately the next person, uh, the camera shows us is Pietro reacting to that. Yeah. I, Th- then, uh, during the battle, um, he's like running in front of some people like Sarkovian military. Mm-hmm. Or police, and they shoot him uh, with a single bullet, and he kind of looks back at them. They shrug, uh, and then finally he gets uh, you know filled with bullets. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if that's I don't know if that is uh, foreshadowing, but everybody it's knows not that foreshadowing you. that you would pick up. Yeah, that's why I said it's weird foreshadowing. It's I think it's clearly Joss Whedon doing that. Intentionally, well, it, but yeah. it's not the kind of foreshadowing that you you would really pick up on um, until after you've seen the whole movie once. And Josh Whedon kills off characters, <laughs> so everybody knows that he's going to do that. He that's he does that. that. That's, that's his true. thing, you know. Um, and like, and so I, it's really like so. I, you know, I they know. should really never let him near like a comic book movie again. Well, he does. He does okay. Let Fire, him do. Let him kill off his own characters. Firefly was fun. Um, yeah, that's his own characters. Yeah, but see, the thing is, it is what it is. Like he's not the first director or or or, or storyteller to use death as a as a emotional um, hammer. You know, like I tell him. I, I don't know if my listeners know, but I, I teach creative writing, and I tell my students all the time: death is lazy. You, if you want an emotional reaction from your viewers, from your readers. Then you there's other ways to do it, but killing off, but creating a connection between you and a character, and then killing off that character to make you feel something super easy and super lazy. Uh, but it's also something that people have seen happen in 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 popular stories, popular comics, popular movies, and they understand that is successful, and then they copy it. So it's right. nothing, until that until people stop doing it wholesale across all of civilization, it's going to keep going. All right. What can you tell us about the Iron Legion? Is that, that doesn't a thing? Re- no, no. It made that up for the movie. Ah, okay. And and they only they only used it for like three seconds. You know, a couple <laughs> of robots, and that was it. It's like it's not even a thing. Yeah, and they're really weird. They're like saying weird things to the people in the town. That it was it's strange. It was just strange. Yeah, it's just yeah. Like you would think a robot that. Tony Stark created would be able to communicate a little bit better with people than those did. I don't know. It was just really, 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 really weird. Hang on. I, I, I didn't lie. I'm telling the truth. Um, but the Iron Legion is a thing in, in the comics, but it's not what you think. It, it, was, it was a collection of different people wearing the armor. Okay. I put in the show notes. Yeah. In this um, one, it's automatons, and they speak in a very bureaucratic way to the people they're pro- trying to protect. Yeah, I mean, so if if we look at Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3, and then we look at Age of Ultron, and we look at all this stuff, Tony Stark is not emotionally healthy as a person uh, at all. So, But the movie never establishes that. 
Yeah, is, this, st- is this the next? Well, I guess there was an Avengers between Iron Man 3 and this, right? No, 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 no. no. It was Iron Man 3, and then he took out his he took out his um, reactor out of his chest, and then he um, then they did Age of Ultron. We're, we're, we're watching these in order. Yeah, okay. Kind of. But uh, no, you know, so Tony Talks is not mostly mostly healthy, and they established that in Iron Man three when he was having um, panic attacks and stuff like that. Right? Yeah, he's uh, clearly still he's clearly still having a problem in this. Yeah, thing. but yeah, because like okay, he had Wanda gave him a vision, right? And then he, because of what he saw, he panics and creates artificial intelligence, which is a whole other thing that we might not have time to get to. The artificial intelligence turns come, turns into a manic, crazy robot. Almost mm-hmm. kills the entire planet. Then Tony Stark retires. There's no punishment for him. He's like, oh, like you killed a lot of people. That was your fault. Oh well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like he had, he, I guess he had good intentions, but his intentions are bad. Like he keeps making huge mistakes. Uh, and, Surprising and, how how much uh, Bruce Banner went along with it, or how easily he went along with it. Well, I, I. If if a, if a friend of mine said, "Hey man, let's create this artificial intelligence," uh, I'd probably be like, "Sure, <laughs> what could go wrong?" But then when it went wrong, I'd be like, "This is my, this is our fault. We need to deal with it, and then we need to, you know, take take um, responsibility for it and probably legal consequences." But you know, it's just mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, All I'm right. not sure where that came from. Oh, but oh, oh yeah, the Iron Legion stuff. So Iron, with Iron Legion, Legion yeah. yeah, it's just like Tony Stark has control issues. He thinks that these robots. Going into a town saying, hey, be calm, everything's fine, is a good thing. But in fact, um, the Avengers are seen as more as very much like uh, pre post 9-11 military, United States military in Iraq. And th- that was there that was definitely purposeful, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Avengers are going around the world doing whatever they want, and th- and then people are getting caught up in the consequences. And that's how that's and like when we talk about um when when they talk about um extremists become extremist, right? Uh, usually, like, you know, people say the Iraq war by the United States is the reason why so many young people became extremists in um, in Iraq in the first place. And then you got Wanda and, and Petro become extremists, join Hydra, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's nice. It's a nice, nice little bundle together. But the story needs to do more with Iron Man because Tony Stark's a problem. And the more we watch these movies, the more I realize Tony Stark has mental issues. And we can we can get into more of that when we talk about Civil War soon. Oh, uh, speaking of which, I I read recently that uh, there's a guy that was at Marvel. He was in charge, I guess, before Kevin Feige was. Um, And apparently both um, Jon Favreau and the director of Iron Man 3, whose name I don't remember, they both wanted to do the devil Mm -hmm. in a bottle Mm storyline. And this guy shut them down twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, mm -hmm. I'm not surprised about that. So now the... (laughs) You know, uh, Tony Stark's mental issues are are being basically being dragged out through the entire, um, you know, series instead of having some kind of a resolution in a movie. One hundred percent, man. Like they could have easily had Iron Man three or Iron Man two, him being an alcoholic and dealing with alcoholism, which would have been a great story. But they just didn't do that, and instead we get this convoluted like, I want to make the world safe, cover it in an iron suit of armor. Mm-hmm. But every time he does it, he screws things up and gets worse and gets worse and worse and worse. And again, it's Steve Rogers is well written in this uh, in this movie. He says, "You know, what are you thinking, man? 
we're not we, we shouldn't be creating things that are too powerful that we can't control that are more dangerous to the people of earth than it is um you know safe for them yeah but but if tony stark would have created ultron and ultron was was um benign and nice imagine that robot and his abilities when thanos shows up it wouldn't he wouldn't have thanos wouldn't have done anything he couldn't have done anything right like then like vision would have never been vision probably would have been created but the time the mind stone would have been probably protected better no tony stark's got a really good point if if thanos showed up and their entire planet is like monitored by a crazy super robot system like it would have been like it would have been a completely different situation but what happened was we didn't have that, and it turned out that that half the half the universe was killed off. So an easily controlled Ultron is basically the same thing as uh, Nick Fury's helicarriers. Mm. You've got you got to wonder you've got to worry about who has control of that thing. Yeah, I agree with that. But in in, in, in Tony's mind, he's like, I will have control of it, so it'll yeah. be fun. Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic. I don't, the show touches, I mean the show, the movie touches on it a little bit. I wish the movie would have touched on it much, much more. And the, what we're all talking about now doesn't make sense when we get to Civil War because then Tony Stark says something completely different. <laughs> so it's like, we can talk about that later. Okay. All right. The first time that Scarlet Witch uh, mind bends somebody in this movie is when she does it to Tony Stark. Yeah. He, he is in Strucker's lab. And he has just walked past a big skeleton. I rewinded a couple of times. It looks like it's a big dinosaur skeleton to me. But then in his imagination, it's one of those creatures from, um, you know, the Battle of New York. Yeah, that's what it was. That's that's what the, the skeleton was in Strucker's yeah. lab? Yeah. Okay. All right. I was just wondering about that because I rewinded a couple of times. It didn't look that big. Um, before the mind melding. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay. All right. I thought it was a big dinosaur, and I was going to ask you if, like, Strucker had anything to do with, like, big dinosaurs. No. Okay. No, he, right. has, he has the same amount of stuff to do with big dinosaurs as everybody else does, <laughs> <laughs> which is a lot in comic books. All right. Uh, Helen Cho. Yes. Tell us about her. She is the mother of Amadeus Cho, which is a major Hulk character in the comics. At some point, Amadeus, uh, he's a super smart, you know, technical tech wizard. And he um, hangs out with Hulk for a long time. And he becomes the Hulk at some point, I think. Um, But as far as Helen... What color Hulk is he? Green. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, In the the history of Hulk comics, um, there's a lot of different times where different people get... um, get gamma radiation treatment or gets connections to different things and then become Hulks. Mm -hmm. So I think he might be like the fifth or sixth. Um, And it's really, it's it's really good storylines too. Um, The original, the incredible Hulk with, with uh, Edward Norton, that some of that was based off of the Amadeus Cho storyline stuff. Hmm. Um, But in the comics, Helen's not as a super smart scientist person as we see in the movie. And I'm actually kind of surprised that we don't, we don't get more Hulk connections. I mean, Helen, I didn't really, I didn't know that Helen Cho was the Helen Cho from the comics until I did my show notes last night. And then when I realized it, I was like, well, this is a missed opportunity because Amadeus Cho would have been awesome. 
Um, but we didn't get that, so it's kind of it's kind of weird that they didn't do much more more with that. Okay, so she's nothing, really nothing like what we see in the in the movie at all. No, hmm. no, 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 no. Okay. Um, in this movie, there's another uh thing that Tony designed to try to save the planet. It's Veronica. That is designed to actually. Do- it was designed by Banner. It was designed by Banner and Tony Stark to deal okay. with to deal with um, the Hulk if he had if he had another um, thingy. That's the uh, only outbreak. reason for it is to deal with yes. the Hulk. Yes, that's the only reason for it. Well, I mean, it's nice to have a massive robot to I mean a massive suit of armor to deal with any kind of threats, but that was specifically designed to deal with um, Banner when he turned into the Hulk. Is Veronica the name of the Hulk Buster suit, or is it that thing that's like a satellite? It- it's the, the entire end. system. So, uh, so the satellite system itself is is Veronica, and then the, and the suit is Hulkbuster suit. So the so entire so that entire satellite system that was shooting stuff out is uh, is Veronica. Yeah. Hmm. You, okay. don't seem, you don't seem satisfied with that. No, I just, just uh, is that from the comics or is that from Joss Whedon? Veronica is not from the comics, but Hulkbuster is definitely from the comics. This is my show notes. There's been many different iterations of the Hulkbuster suits uh, over the years. Uh, the mm-hmm. one, like one of them, was, was one of them I liked a lot. Was is a story called um, I forget the story now. Uh, but Hulk leaves the plant for a while, comes back, and is real mad. And uh, Iron Man has to fight him in a super amazing suit. Uh, so the Hulkbuster suits are definitely in the comics, and that's why people got really excited, I guess, because we get a fight scene with Iron Man and the Hulk. But it's very gratuitous; like it's just designed to have a fight scene between Iron Man and the Hulk. Um, and it's you know, and I think it showed the power of the Hulk. I think that if all the different, if you look at all the different Avengers, all the different Marvel comics movies from the, mm-hmm. from Iron Man one until the last one, right? We only get have a couple of different places where we get to see Hulk shine. We get to see him in Avengers One, Avengers, and then Age of Ultron. And in Age of Ultron, we really get to see his destructive power. Like he's super powerful. He's super strong. Right. Uh, if you look at the power levels in that that fight scene with Iron Man and the Hulk, that is mm. accurate. Com- not hundred percent accurate, but really close to accurate comic book level awesomeness. You know, like. It's gonna be a it's a fun fight scene to watch. It's really dynamic. It's probably the best thing the movie did. But the reason behind it is somewhat problematic. Um, but still it works. And, and and it's good. It's good. Why do you say it's somewhat problematic? Well, I mean it's convenient. I mean, like Scarlet Scarlet Witch, you know, um messes with Banner's mind. He turns into the Hulk, he's crazy, and he's just bashing everything. So, I mean, it makes sense in the in the in the story. It makes sense. But it's also mm-hmm. The you know the directors are sitting around thinking we need a cool fight scene with the Hulk you know and and they get it with iron with with that so it's the second it, time this has happened in the MCU yeah you're right mm-hmm. and I mean it's not uncommon if you look at the Marvel comics the Hulk is manipulated by Loki and a bunch of other people throughout the years so it's not uncommon for the Hulk to be to be manipulated that's that's that happens all the time okay. and I, and the Avengers have fought the Hulk more times than anybody can count it happens it happens quite a bit. Tell us why the Hulkbuster suit exists. Is it just so that Tony Stark can try to calm down the Hulk or or what? Yeah, I mean, I think what happened is like, so if you look at um, Bruce Banner, at some point, I'm just making all this stuff up. At some point, Tony Stark and the Avengers are like, hey, we want you to join the Avengers. And he's like, well, 
I will, but I can't control the Hulk 100%. I don't know what's going to happen. And then Iron Man's like, well, I'll build a super suit. We'll build it together. And if something goes wrong, if he seems like he's out of control, we'll have a check. And it worked. I mean, it was a check. It did work. It just destroyed an entire city. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did work, you know? So, uh, and at some point, too, they get that whole lullaby Black Widow thing to also keep him in check, which is a, a convoluted mess. Um, but that's the only is reason. Is that from the comics, too? Or? No, 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 man. No, absolutely okay. not. That's no, no, God. No, no, no. Okay. Now, no, <laughs> no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> I liked that way of calming down the Hulk better than, hey, let me uh, take my friend up into the sky and then smash him down into this skyscraper that's under construction. Well, I mean. Leveling it's... the skyscraper in the middle of a city with people walking around. Seems like there's probably better ways to calm down the Hulk than doing that. No, there's not. By the way, he still was awake after that. Like yeah, he was dude. conscious after that. No, yeah, there's no, it's no common to Hulk down. Like in the comics, you're not doing that. Like the more you try to calm him down, the more mad he's going to get. Like there's Take no, com- there's nothing you can do. That's like the Hulk in the comics is, is 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 a is a force of actual nature. You know, like there's actual comics, a comic where the Hulk attacks and it's treated as if it's a tornado. Like people are like, oh, the Hulk's here. Oh my gosh. And so, like in the comics, like you're not doing that. And so, and like, yeah, I mean, it it is. It seems over the top, and it is just a, a a good reason to have a fight scene in a movie, right? So mm-hmm. they're doing that, but also it's comic accurate. Like if the Hulk just goes manic, you have to fight him, and it's going to be bad because the Hulk is like is one of, if not the strongest person thing on the entire planet. You know, he's like raw rage, and you're not in like. I know it seems like there should be some way to get him to chill out, but there's not. Um, seems like do, fighting him would increase his rage. Yeah, it does. It's he's, the more angry he gets, the more rage he gets, and the stronger he gets. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like they the Hulk did less damage before Tony Stark engaged him in the Hulkbuster suit. Well, he was hurting people. I mean, when Tony engaged him for the first time, he was bashing a woman. Like a woman was in a car, and he was beating up the car. You know, so it's like he has to be, you know, calm. What what I would have liked to seen is like for for Tony to kind of like get him to chase him out of the city limits. But that didn't. But of course, we're de- we're dealing with logical issues, and we're dealing with a movie. Like I don't want to watch a movie where you know Tony's talking to Hulk, and then Hulk comes down. I want I want to see him fight. But if you but the logical issues if this happened in the real world, of course, yeah. you know it's not going to work out the same way. So. Seems like if you've got the Hulk uh, and you're flying him around, fly him to a less populated area and to continue the fight. I don't, I don't know. That's just me. I'm not a uh, super smart billionaire or anything, but that's what I would have done. Okay. Yeah. Well, the next time we get into a super fight with the Hulk, we'll keep all that stuff in mind. Okay. All right. What about Ultron? Ultron. He's from Ultron. the comics. Yeah, he is from the comics. Do you? Yeah. I've told you this before. Uh, Tony Stark does not create Ultron in the comics. Hank Pym creates Ultron in the comics. Does he do it with the mind gem? He does not. Uh, Hank Pym is just being a scientist trying to create an artificial intelligence. He accidentally creates Ultron. Ultron becomes sentient. He hypnotizes Hank Pym so he doesn't remember what he did. And then Ultron leaves and he begins his evolution. And if you look at the show notes, I've never seen show notes this long. Ultron 
It's been around a long time, and he's had a very um, complex evolution. He's changed himself so many times. Um, and it's just, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's actually, he's like one of the most, if not the coolest character the Avengers have dealt with. And I don't think he's treated 100% well in this movie, but it is. They do. Is. He does talk about evolving several times in the movie. So, yeah. But so take, take that idea of evolution, but mm-hmm. then, you know, Ultron showed up in 1968. So he's been around, so he's, a, he's evolved a long, long time. It was Avengers number 54. So, um, and Ultron is just mad at Hank Pym. That's all he wants is Hank Pym to die because he doesn't think that, um, that Hank Pym should have created him or he doesn't think that Hank Pym respects him. It's just a lot. And so mm-hmm. you can like, and, and this is a, so I understand why Marvel and the studio heads and stuff made Iron Man the creator of Ultron. I understand that, but they lose so much when they do it. Because the Hank Pym Ultron connection is so rich, full of um, full of great stories. Hank Pym is a tragic character. H- Hank Pym in the comics is Ant Man at first, then he becomes Giant Man. But at some point, he um, has an emotional fracture, emotional breakdown. He and this is a big deal in the comics. He hits his wife um, Janet. Um, uh, Janet, she's the Wasp. She actually hits him. Hits him. he hits her. It's physical abuse. And the story, and the comics had to deal with the fact that a superhero um, beat his wife, right? And like they had to do a whole storyline about like how he had to get treatment, had to get help. Their marriage was suffering, uh, and it's something that was a part of the storyline for a very long period of time. And like when you look at Hank Pym in the comics, you understand, okay, it's Hank, but also, man, he's a tragic character. He's been through a lot, uh, and we just don't have that now. We just won't get it, you know, because it's just not going to happen. And it's and it's a core it's a core part of Hank Pym and the Avengers um, storylines is the fact that they have people in there. The whole idea of the Avengers is supposed to be a group of people who try to save the world, but each one has problems, and they have and we have to deal with it. Like their personal issues keep coming up in the in their superhero world, and we do get some of that in the movies, but not nearly as much as we get in the Avengers. So. I understand how they couldn't introduce Hank Pym. They could have. They could have introduced Hank Pym in this movie. They could have done that. They just didn't mm-hmm. want to. Uh, and so what we get is a very, you know, we get half, maybe a third of what we really should have got. Do you know what our next movie is? Ant-Man, right? Yeah, our next movie is Ant-Man. So yeah. they were off by one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They could have done it. They could have done it, but it, it is what it is. Okay. Yeah, they did this movie with, I guess, Hank Pym's big bad villain and then uh, giving it to Tony Stark and then followed up with an Ant-Man movie. So that's uh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there was a change of uh, department heads around the time of these two movies. I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. I mean, in some ways, they have to deal with budgets. They can't just hire whoever they want. But I think it's a lack of creativity if they couldn't figure out how to introduce Ultron. Like, making Iron Man... Um, Making Tony Stark, the person who created Ultron, is just a huge, huge departure from the comics. It's a massive departure. And there were real consequences when um, Hank Pym created Ultron. Real consequences. And um, one of the consequences is they, he left the team, all kinds of stuff, you know? So Hank Pym left the team. Oh, everybody leaves the team once in a while. So, yeah. Yeah. But, his mental, but Hank Pym's mental instability was because, was partially because he created Ultron. Like, some people have theorized that Mm. He his mental stability is why Ultron's so bad, you know. If I can he see that. So, but I mean, we just won't get it. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, what can you tell us about Ulysses Claw? Uh, not a whole bunch. Um, he's a Black Panther villain, sort of. He's an Avenger villain, sort of. His history is... Um, that makes sense. He's stealing uh, vibranium from Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he actually looks he looks completely different than he does in the in the um in the movie. Um but um he I'm not sure exactly how he is connected to Wakanda, but he do, he is one of these villains who understood the power of Wakanda technology, understood vibranium and his he has a his arm is like a he gets he gets his arm cut off in this which is which is kind of a foreshadowing. But in the comics he has like an arm with a little like I don't know, like a little disc on it like a little satellite disc on it that he can like shoot sound waves out it sounds ridiculous when i'm explaining that's weird yeah um but anyway when you uh, said when no, you looked, said he had an arm with a little disc on it it's, it's the only way I was, I, can, I was imagining like a pizza cutter no it's, it's the only way i can really explain <laughs> it um okay yeah but um he's like he's like he's not a b yeah well i would say he's a b-level villain um so he's not that big a deal um but I, him being in Age of Ultron is helping, and and them talking about vibranium is prepping the world for Black Panther. So right. when when he's mentioned, and the vibranium is mentioned, then we know that we're getting ready to get Black Panther soon. So oh, I think, so is is Ultron ever made of vibranium in the comics? Oh yes, yes, that's a big deal because uh, is he, he originally made, vibranium? No, yeah. not originally, but he makes himself out of vibranium. He also makes himself out of anti anti. And the antimantium, antimantium, which is what Wolverine's bones and claws are made of. Um, right. So yeah, so he keeps. So there's a, there's a storyline where he where he um, makes himself out of vibranium, and him and him Spider Man and Black Panther has to deal with that. And so yeah, if there's been a ton of times where Ultron has enhanced himself, um, and he's used those different metals, hundred percent. Okay. Anything else? Not about Ulysses Claw, no. It's not much. He was played by Andy Serkis. He's great. I think they didn't use him very well because he does get he does get killed in Black Panther. And I don't know why they keep killing off these great villains. I, I guess they just want to clean things up, I guess. But it's like, don't you think about the future, guys? It's just weird. So is Ultron still functioning in the comics? No. In the comics, oh yes. In fact, there was a huge storyline called Seems like you've got to kill off. A character like Ultron, like you can't let that just they keep hang doing it. The keeps they keep doing it, and he keeps coming back. That's the whole thing. Like they think he's dead, he's not. He keeps coming back in the comics, which is great. He's just this thing that doesn't stop. Um, but because the I don't want to give too much away. I don't know why, because this podcast is about doing that. But um, the whole like the Guardians, the current version of the Guardians of the Galaxy that we see in the in the movies, mm-hmm. they formed because of Ultron. At some uh, point, Ultron. His um his consciousness is beamed out into space, and he gets connected to these techno techno space aliens, and he takes them over, and he rules like all of the Kree galaxy, and like the these a bunch of people have to try uh, superheroes and and alien races try to kill him, and like it's just, he almost destroys everything. So yeah, he's still around. Okay, what about? What's the deal with Black Widow's glowy suit? Who? Black Widow. She has a glowy suit. In this. I don't know. Her suit has like blue about... glowy piping on uh, it. I don't know. It's, it's not really that. bad. It's just, it's, 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 she's bad in this period. <laughs> like, I'm, like, it's just bad. Like, I don't, I, it's just not good. It's just not good. Like, the, the idea. It looks that like Black... she's wearing a Tron suit. 
the black the idea that Black Widow would have a romantic engagement with Bruce Banner is ridiculous. And this is, I did not remember that at all. Does it does it carry past out out of this movie at all? No, because it's dumb. <laughs> no, it's dumb. It's super dumb. And like, I understand. Okay, so in the movie, there's an emotional place where Black Widow says that this she is tells this us, is another thing where I think people shouldn't let um. What's his name? Josh uh, Whedon. Josh Whedon near, I agree. Their, near I agree. their characters. I agree with this because, like, she says, hey, you know, I can't have, I can't be with you because I can't have children. That's a bunch of crap. Like, it's like, there's millions of people who have healthy relationships, marriages, and don't have kids. And, th- and it's insulting to people who actually can't have kids that you can't have a family because you can't have kids. This no, is- I think she was saying, what she was saying is, he, he said the same thing, and she was saying, well, neither can I, so that's not a reason for us not to be together. Okay, that somewhat fixes it. But still, it's just like... But it's still a weird relationship that I did not remember carrying further so, than this movie. And it, it's... I don't understand why they think we need it. <laughs> we are comic book Why he fans. thinks we need it. Yeah. Why Joss thinks we need we it. We don't need a love relationship. We right. don't. We're and you know what? We could get that. We could get it. We have vision and Scarlet Witch. We'll get something at some point. Like, I just right. don't. Like, we we want to see people fight things, and we want see. We want to see buildings blow up. I don't want to be like, oh, I want them to get together. Like, there's never been a moment in any comic book fans' time. I well, that's probably not true. But it's just like it's not. This isn't the movie for it, and it's just kind of bad. It's just really, really bad. They don't know what to do with Scarlett Johansson. They don't know what to do with Black Widow, and so they keep doing things that don't work. It will start working soon when we get to Civil War and the Infinity War and Endgame. But like Josh Whedon did a terrible job with her. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Everybody yeah. does really until later. The only good line in, in that whole thread through the movie was um, Clint Barton's wife. Mm. She's talking to him about how she noticed that they're having a relationship, and Clint's like, "Huh? What are you talking about?" And she's like, she says something to him, and then says, "Hawkeye." Yeah, <laughs> that was the only good. That was the only good thing about it. Yeah, that's good. There's a lot of good relationships that if they could have gotten rid of this Banner Black Widow relationship, they could have enhanced more. Like they could have showed the friendship between Scarlet Witch and Clint more. They could have right. enhanced more of Tony Stark and Captain America's like tension. They could have enhanced that more. Uh, they could have worked on any like any number of different relationships. But I, I just don't think Josh Whedon's was, was a very good storyteller for this movie. Like, there's no besides contractual problems. They they didn't need to kill off um, Quicksilver. They could. This movie might be going at my bottom of the list for our rankings. It's sad because it could have been so good. It's sad because it could have been so good. That's what makes me sad about it. It could have been, re- but this movie is holding up a lot because it does have to start prepping us more for the Infinity War. Like, I mean, the Infinity Infinity War is going to be the next Avengers movie. They have to start prepping us for that. It's a lot. Of, they have to do a lot of work. But this movie just didn't. Like, I was thinking this movie had to do the same thing that Captain America: Civil War did, but it didn't do it as well. How does how does uh, the Scarlet Witch Wanda? How does she give Thor visions of Thanos? And, well, maybe not Thanos, but of the Infinity Stones and the Gauntlet. I don't think she gets to pick the visions. I think when she does her little whammo, he just 
triggers something in your mind that that heightens your highest fears. I don't think she 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 can't like okay. I'm going to like dig into. I think she can dig into what you're afraid of and then enhance it. But I don't think she can like give it to him. So Thor already knows about all those, even though at this point we really only know about two. Well, see, the thing is, Thor. You know, he he got he had that, that there was a fear in him. So like a hey, there's something big coming, but you don't know what it is. And then he goes into that weird bath pool, and then gets another vision. Right? Remember that? The weird what? He goes into that weird pool. And he walks into the water, and he gets electric shocked, and he sees a bigger vision of the Infinity Stones. Mm, yeah, Did you, I just I'm, thought that was like a flashback or something. Mm-mm. So it's like so. So Wanda doesn't have any like intel that he doesn't have. She just gets to trigger something in him. Right. Okay. All right. In this movie, Jarvis becomes Vision. Mm-hmm. Is that comic accurate? No, absolutely not. Jarvis is an old man in the comics. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's not even a he's, he's not, not even, even an AI. AI assistant in the comics. He's a butler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So the vision and is, Hank Pym created Vision. Uh, I think so. I did some little checking to make sure I was around this. To my knowledge, the Vision was created by Ultron, but then he he gained a consciousness and then became a good guy. Say that again. So Ultron created the Vision, but then the, the but then the Vision realized that Ultron was evil, and then he left the Vision and became a good guy. Oh, okay, all right, interesting. By the way, speaking of Jarvis being a butler, I did watch a couple of episodes of Agent Carter, and Jarvis is a butler in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should you know I should watch that. I never watched it. Is it good? The the few episodes I've seen so far are good. Yeah, hmm, let's watch those. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so like, so apparently, like the AI version of Jarvis was based off that Butler. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well that's that's all I've got. What else? What else is there that you want to tell us about? I think we covered it. Um, but yeah, so the Ult- Ultron does create the Vision, just like he did in the movie, and he does it in the comics, except. Uh, do remember that there is a um, Kang Immortus connection between the Vision's creation, and we kind of talked on that a little bit. But if you want more details about that, um, you should read Avengers Forever, which I've been saying a long time. Um, what else? Uh, that's it. That's, that's, that's not, not much. Not much else. We kind of covered it pretty good, actually. I think I thought we I thought we would have missed something, but no, we got we got nailed it. We nailed it pretty good. Do you just see kinda, a way for Quicksilver to come back into the movies? I think the only way we could have seen that is already gone. Like, if we looked at if we looked at WandaVision, um, we had a chance for that to happen. Maybe in maybe in the in in the Doctor Strange movie, we'll get some kind of multiverse thing. But mm. I just don't think that the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the heads there are interested in Quicksilver. And, and sadly, I, I just don't think they're interested in doing anything with him. They, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we'll get some kind of surprise. But I just don't. I don't see it. Okay. Uh, other, I think that's it, right? Yeah, I'm trying to think if I'm missing anything. Uh, Wonder, Wonder, like, so let's see, Wonder Vision stuff. Got to that. Uh, Black Widow, Hulk stuff was stupid. It shouldn't have done it. Got that. Uh, <laughs> oh, we did. So I think one thing we missed is how at the end of the movie, 
we get a brand new Avengers team. That is comic accurate. Every once in a while, the Avengers lineup is changed. Not completely, but it's changed up. And I do like the fact that at the end of this Avengers movie, we get a brand new set of Avengers. That feels right to me. It feels like, okay, that's a good movement. This is a good change. And when you... And, and the so the original Avengers was Captain America, Iron Man, the Hulk, Thor, uh, Ant-Man, and then uh, the Wasp. But then the second major change-up was Captain America, Hawkeye, one, um, Black, uh, Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, and the Vision. So it's more accurate as far as like the change makes sense. So mm-hmm. I like I like that they had a whole new team at the end. I think that the new team was more interesting than the old team. And I think when we when we get to the next big Avengers story, which is Captain America: Civil War, I think that dynamic works a lot better. So and plus, Josh Whedon is gone after this. So again, good bye. Right. Okay. Yeah, that'll be good. All right. Next movie is Ant Man. I need to be watched. I haven't watched it in a long time. And it's one of your favorites, right? It's one of my favorites, yeah. It's, okay. it's pretty good. Good cast, good writing, uh, pretty good direction. Mm, it's got some interesting stuff in there. Um, there's, definitely gonna be, there's definitely things in that movie that are different than the comics, for sure. So I'll have to kind of get, get into the weeds of that, but not much. So it's, it'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be good. Yeah. All right. So if you're listening to us, please give us a, a review and a rating on whatever your podcasting app of choice is. We'd really appreciate that. You can listen to this podcast pretty much everywhere that you can find podcasts. Uh, if you're trying to listen uh, through some way and you don't see us there, let us know. We're at Super Sideshow on Twitter. Jay, what else do you have to tell the listeners? Uh, check my Twitter out at uh, jslacks, uh, J-A-Y-S-L-A-C-K-S. And also, I posted a new post on Medium. It's in the show notes, uh, and it talks about uh, some of the stuff we talked about today. So the idea that the comics and the movies are diverging in such a way that it's not doing what maybe it should do. Is it a problem? And so if you like, if you like our discussions on the podcast, Engage mm-hmm. with us on Medium. Read the Medium post, uh, and I'm, I'm hopefully I will start getting some self discipline enough that I'll be posting those Medium posts um, a lot. So we'll just have to wait and see. 